Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Now, my next guest has been described as a living saint. Gina Herity has, for the last 30 years, lived and worked in Haiti, working with children with special needs. The Haitian capital of Port-au-Prince is, however, she says, now in the midst of a plague of kidnappings and murders. Well, to tell us a little about life there and her own life story, Gina joins me now. Good morning to you, Gina Herity, and welcome home. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, your story is extraordinary, actually. First of all, tell Tell me a little about what it was that brought you to Haiti. Initially, you were only 23, I think, at the time, and you just completed a degree in business studies at the University of Limerick. Yeah, well, I was always interested in going somewhere, doing some development work somewhere. Wasn't sure where it would be. And when I finished in Limerick, I joined an organisation in Dublin called Viatoris Christi. And while there, they suggested doing some voluntary work in Ireland. And I worked with Dublin Simon Community, and I absolutely loved that. And while I was there, I was looking for a possibility to work somewhere. Growing up in the country, we had the Far East magazines and the mission magazines and we had missionaries coming to talk. And I could see at a young age that this could be something that I would like to do. So I heard about the organisation in Haiti and off I went and there I am. Where are you from originally? Outside of Westport in a place called Cararriva, seven and a half miles outside Westport. Beautiful. Yeah, grew up on a farm, absolutely fantastic childhood, one of 11 kids. Wow, where'd you come in the 11? Number 10. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So you ended up in Haiti eventually, but, you know, looking after children with special needs. Tell me how that came about. Well, the organisation I work for, it's called Our Little Brothers and Sisters, would be the English translation. When I was in Dublin, one of the volunteers from there was home on holidays and I met with her and she said, we have a home where we have children that have been abandoned are children that come from very difficult circumstances and we have a number of children with disabilities, special needs, that have been abandoned and we want to start a home for them. And so she asked me, would I be interested in coming and working with her? I said, absolutely. I said, I don't have any experience. And she said, well, you've worked in Simon Community and you'll be fine. So we went there and met the children and from day one it was like this is going to be my home now these children had been abandoned typically in hospitals because in Haiti there are no services pretty much no services there's no social welfare and you have to try and imagine somebody with a child with severe disabilities they don't have access to health care they don't have access to wheelchairs they don't have so many times they're abandoned and they're abandoned not because the parents don't care about them mm. but because they don't have the resources so they ended up in our organization and so we started growing the program then and providing the services for them. And my basic rule of thumb was if I was in the place of this child, what would I want? And from there, then we grew and developed our therapy services, our education services and went on from there. And how is your work funded, Gina? I mean, does the state of Haiti <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to put things in context, Haiti, I mean, has never been a government. The government has been functioning to the way we would be expect a government to function. So we don't get anything from the government. They don't even support their own hospitals. So funding is from different countries that have fundraising offices, funding from Ireland, funding from Europe, funding from the States, funding from private people, individuals. When I go home, people see me at mass and they give me some money. 
people of Mayo have been fantastic. I mean, Ireland in general, but Mayo and around Westport's unbelievable. They have been with me every step of the way on this journey, which is great. And you feel that support with you when you're over there, you know. You recently wrote a piece, Gina, entitled It's Hard to Talk About Haiti. You know, in it, you describe some of the horrific events happening there. I think there have been so many kidnappings and murder. First of all, paint a picture for me on how difficult it is to live in Haiti. Yeah, I mean, I hate having to present a negative picture about Haiti because there's so much positive going on. But the reality that people that we're working with are living every day is really difficult at the moment. So for the last over two years, for some reason, and I don't know the reason, there are gangs everywhere and highly armed gangs. And they have been taking control of different areas. And when they take control of the areas, basically what they do is they go into an area, terrorize the people, burn down houses. So many people leave, have to try and leave everything in the middle of the night, taking their kids running going nowhere because where can they go to? Sometimes if they have family, they may go and stay with Mm. a cousin or somebody. And then when they leave their houses, they lose everything. That's one big reality at the moment. The other reality is, I mean, there are more kidnappings in Haiti than anywhere else in the world at the moment, as far as I understand. So everybody is pretty much traumatized because you don't know when you get in your car in the morning or you're, that you're going to make it to work safely. And you worry about people. And we know lots of people that have been kidnapped. We know people that have been shot. We know people that have had guns pulled on them. We know people that have been kidnapped and they haven't come back, you know. So it, it, it is a very difficult time right now and, and violence all over the place, you know. Do you worry about that? I mean... For yourself, for the other people you work I with? I worry about the people that I work with. Do I worry about myself? No. And I mean, that's not to say that, oh, you know, I think I'm, you know, nothing will happen to me. No. But I think if I was a worrier, I wouldn't be able to do what I do every day. I wouldn't yeah. get in the car. So, I mean, I get in the car when we we have our home in the mountains and then we have our rehab centre, which is about an hour and a half drive away. And I'm very aware that going from A to B, something can happen. But if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to be worrying about it beforehand. And we would be careful in the sense that if we know that an area, there's reports that there's shooting, which happens frequently, then you just don't go there that day or whatever, you know. But I worry about the staff that are on the road every single day because I can decide to stay in the home and work in the home today and not go to the rehab centre. But those that are working in the rehab centre, they come and go every day. And for them, several of them have been held up, guns put to them and are Traumatized. I mean, that's. I'm not a person to exaggerate, but they are traumatized. And children going to school oh, as well. It's awful. I mean, children, you know, in the classrooms, hunkering down on their desks and, and like machine gunfire around them. Children being carried to school by their parents and having to turn back. They're. I don't know. I don't know how children are learning right now. School has been closed many times. And even random stories like, tell me about the mother with the bag of rice on the bus. Ooh. Yeah, that's an awful story. TapTap is a local transportation. So at the weekends, you know, we call them the market ladies. They go to the market, they sell their ware and they sell their vegetables and then they come back up. You maybe if they sell their carrots and their parsnips, whatever they sell, and they come buy a bag of rice or they buy something that they don't grow. So they were coming up in one of the areas that was controlled by the gangs. And the gangs, as typical, they'll stop the bus, the TapTap. And then, you know, they pull their guns and then they proceed to rob everybody. 
And one lady had a bag of sweet potatoes and they emptied it out and trampled it. And the other lady had a bag of rice and they, out of meanness, I, mean, I don't know why they even needed to do that. And apparently this lady just threw her hands up and said, oh, Jesus, how am I going to feed my kids? And they just shot her dead. And I mean, that's not, I mean, that was awful. It's terrible. But the sad thing is that there are so many people being killed. Even yesterday, a student was shot. He was in the area where the gang, There, I mean, there's so many. We can't even keep up with them. There's more people being killed in Haiti than in the Ukraine, was what the UN came out with recently. So when you come back to Ireland, I know you're back for a family wedding. Is it alien to be here? I mean, we moan a lot about the country we live in, but describing the kind of country... You yeah. live in. Oh, I mean, seems I mean, people another really, world. My father used to say, he used to say, one half of the world doesn't know how the other half is living. And I mean, I suppose it's all relative. I mean, what people moan about, I suppose they, they feel they have good reason to moan about it, you know. But I mean, people in Ireland are very, very well off. I mean, you know, you came to work today and you weren't worrying. No. I came to Dublin, I wasn't thinking I might be kidnapped, you know, and that's the reality for people. You know, we're not going to bed listening to serious gunfire. We haven't had to leave our homes. We don't have to worry about our kids. It's You can't compare. So when I come home, but I appreciate everything. I appreciate when I got on the bus and came down, I appreciate the white thorn bushes. I, <laughs> everything looks so beautiful in May anyway. Yeah. But I, you would not believe the amount of things I appreciate. Like Because you just, you do, you learn to appreciate things because you don't take them for granted, you know. So I love being here and enjoying all of this. I don't want to stay here. I'll be dying by the time I... The last few days, by when I'm getting ready to go back to Haiti, I'll be as excited as I was the first day because, you know, I love what I'm doing. I love the children and the people I work with, you know. But that's why you are described as a living saint, because if you were back here, you would actually have an easier, less dangerous life. Yeah, but I mean, but I wouldn't be any happier. I mean, the thing is, if you're lucky in life, you find something that you enjoy doing. I don't consider myself a saint. I consider myself very lucky because I have found something in life that I absolutely love. And the positive side of it also is that I'm actually doing some good. I mean, what's nicer than being able to see things progress? You know, it's beautiful. And I'm part of a wonderful team. They're they're the saints. They're the ones that have to do it day in and day out. You know, I mean, I'm relatively, yes, I'm in danger from time to time. And compared to Ireland, yes. But compared to the men and the women that I'm working with. I mean, can you imagine having a child with severe disabilities Mm -hmm. In the middle of all of that, I mean, you couldn't. It's so difficult for them, you know. So they're the ones that keep give me inspiration. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get discouraged when I'm living with people like that. Yeah, you do incredible work. And for anyone listening, even a young person or not a young person, do you like people to try and help? I mean, is, is there an avenue for people to do what you do? Well, we used to have a lot of volunteers coming and we used to welcome them. But right now it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody really, really, really wanted to come, they'd have to kind of be really, really sure that if something goes wrong, they were prepared for that, you know. So at the moment we haven't been taking volunteers, but we've had wonderful groups of volunteers. There's a group called Espoir. They're a group of Irish that have come out several times to help us, you know people that have been coming out over the years but now they're on hold and they send us containers of stuff. I mean it, it's a whole teamwork you know I, I couldn't do what I'm doing without the support of all the people in Ireland you know Now being a Mayo woman I gather you're a huge fan of the Mayo football this team This is our year oh, Yeah. <laughs> no absolutely I mean I was saying this earlier you know when you come from Mayo and you you always have hope and it's 
it's the same reason that people laugh at me in Haiti because I'm always saying, this will be a better year. But it's like, this is our year for Sam. This will be a better year for Haiti. Well, I think you deserve it. If anyone else oh, you yes, wish absolutely. it, yourself and Joe Biden, I think Mayo's going to make it. And listen, for anyone wanting to donate to the Little Brothers and Sisters Orphanage and your special needs programme in Haiti, anyone can do so on nphireland.com. Yeah. Gina Harity, it was a privilege to chat oh, to you. Very nice to be here. Thank you very much. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. You can text also to 51551. Lots of people there loving Gina. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Gina a few times while working in Haiti pre the earthquake. What she did then was miraculous and the essence of caring. I've no idea how she still does this considering how difficult Haiti is now. Enjoyed the trip home, Gina. That's from Enda Lynch. Another says, Miriam, I was lucky enough to work with Gina in the Dublin Simon community. I remember when she was heading up to Haiti. What a woman.